I want to talk today about um, this phrase that I've been using a lot lately, uh, start where you are. And it's the title of a book by Pema Chodron, which was one of the first Buddhist books I read 20 years ago, almost 20 years ago. And I went to look at it today and pull it off my shelf, and I didn't have it. And I went, oh, that's the one I lent out. So, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> I couldn't remember. I go, I knew I'd lent a Pema Chodron book to somebody. I couldn't remember which one it was, and now I remember which one it was, the one I don't have. But um, I think it's a really important idea uh, because so often we have this idea this sense that we need to be a certain, we need to um, be a certain place or uh, achieve a certain goal or our practice has to look like something or we need to, um, you know, have had some kind of study before we walk in the door and sit down and meditate. I get a lot of phone calls because I work here, I get a lot of phone calls from people interested in coming to class saying, what do I have to know? What do I have to do? Um, and I say, just show up. Most of these classes are accessible to people who are new to practice because there's some guidance in the meditation and then we have these talks afterwards that help to bring people along in the practice. And then as you get further uh, into it, then you can do different things day-longs or do certain meetings or... Um, find a way that makes sense for you. Um, I was talking to um, Cheryl Sleen the other day, and she's another teacher here at Against the Stream. And I was talking about this sutta study that we're doing um, that the Sati Center in Northern California has got an online sutta study going, and I was talking about how much I enjoyed uh, that. And she, was, she mentioned that... Um, she, I don't know how it came up, but she was talking about uh, in the suttas, which are the discourses of the Buddha, which is the, the, um, the teachings of the Buddha that were written down. I go like this, like two inches thick. It's like, I don't know, three, four feet uh, in writings. And, um, and um, she was saying that it seems in the, in the, the suttas, the, when the Buddha talks, he either talks about people who are totally um, delusional or misguided in their thinking, and on the other hand, he points to people who are pretty much enlightened. You know, he talks about people who are, what do they call it, um, uninstructed worldlings which is a great phrase, uninstructed worldling or noble disciple. So like there are these two ends of the spectrum. And so it, basically the teaching is, you know, he, they, it's a lot of repetition because it was an oral tradition. So the, that's how you memorize or that's how they taught things. You would just repeat the things over and over and over again. So a lot of the teachings would be about uninstructed worldlings now. This is not the wise way to do things. Uninstructed worldlings will be caught in craving or aversion, and they will want things to be a certain way, and they will um, be caught up in, um, you know, riches and sensual pleasure and hating things and fighting. And, and disciples, noble disciples, will have seen 
how that causes suffering. And they will have let go of all of that and they will have achieved liberation or enlightenment. So because of how our minds are wired, when we hear these teachings, we'll sit down there and go, I'm an uninstructed worldling. Or I think I'm getting close to that disciple thing. Or somewhere along the way, you know, most of us are somewhere along the in the middle. I'm, if you're in this room, you're not an uninstructed worldling. I don't think they ever get into this room. Um, not saying that's a bad thing. I was just like, you guys are like going, oh, what's going on over here? Um, and then the disciples are, I don't know anybody who's enlightened. Um, there are people who have great wisdom because they've been practicing and studying for many years, but even the Dalai Lama says he's not enlightened. So... Um, You've got these two ends of the spectrum. And our minds go, get this judgment judgment going about, well, I'm not that, but I'm not that, and I'm not that, and I'm not that. Um, and where do I have to be? What do I have to do? Where am I? And I think the great uh, piece about Buddhism is that you can start wherever you are. You know, we have lots of lists in our teachings. There's the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path and the Seven Factors of Awakening and the, the Five This and the Four That and many, many, many more. Um, so it seems like it's incredibly linear that you have to start at one and work your way to the end. And it's not really that way. It's about waking up to right here, right now. As I was talking about in the meditation practice, it's like plopping yourself down in the middle, closing your eyes or not in meditation, and staying present and beginning to see what's going on with you, finding your own story right here, right now. That's what it's about. And as you begin to uncover your story, as you begin to see where you create your own discomfort, your own dissatisfaction, your own suffering, then you begin to see which way the path will lead you. I found a, um, I found a, a line. It said, we have to find out where we are and move in the right direction. So we, when we walk into... A room like this and or stay at home I started um, I was practicing at home for years before I ever practiced formally I just kind of started where I was because there was nowhere else to be you know when we think there's another place to be other than where we are that's when we are uncomfortable because if we don't think we're if we're not supposed to be where we are, then we're missing out on something or we're doing it wrong. I had a lot of FOMA. No, FOMO. I can't even say it right. Fear of missing out. You know, I'm, what's going on over there? I should be over there. Oh, I shouldn't. I used to, I was terrible. I used to, do you ever do this? You make a, make a, a get a party invitation or, or plans to go out with someone and then a better one? quote unquote comes along it's like ooh how do I get out of that one because that's you know you, that sounds like it's going to be more fun or blah 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 and it's just you just that's that dissatisfaction or creating inside of ourselves it's so uncomfortable to live that way 
So we begin to, when we come into these rooms, we just plop down, we start hearing the teachings, we start saying, okay, what's my story? And this is what I love about meditation. You begin to see your story. You know, when we, we have these experiences that are unpleasant, quote unquote, in, or we feel they're unpleasant, that, that they bring up unpleasant responses, reactions, it's like, okay, what is that? Do I have a fear of missing out? Oh, that causes me a lot of discomfort. That causes me dissatisfaction. I want that, but I have this. And then you go over there and you say, oh, I should have stayed over there. Because <laughs> this really, you know, that grass is always greener somewhere else. Wherever I am not, that's where the grass is greener. So it's like, you know, you're going to lose because we're never present. We're always somewhere else. So you learn to find out where you are and how you create your suffering. And so right here, right now. I am right here, right now. What is my discomfort? When I'm in practice, when I'm meditating, what makes me want to run away? When you're on retreat, a lot of times the teachers, um, when you're on a retreat, you meet with teachers uh, every few days or so. And a lot of times they'll say, what was the thought, what was the thought that arose right before you went off into thinking? Can you trace your, your, your mind back to where that was? And so often we don't know because we're, we're gone. And we don't even know we're gone. And it was like, what was that? But a lot of times you can come back. And when you begin to develop mindfulness and, and build your concentration and your mindfulness, sometimes you're able to see what it is that pushed you away. That's where the discomfort is. That's where the... Uh, idea of, oh, this is something I don't want to be with, is. And you learn to identify that, and you learn to say, oh, this is that, that thought, this is that memory, this is that idea, this is uncomfortable. This is what I want to learn to lean into, to use your words. Lean into. Learn how to stay with. We find out where we are. And when we're running away from it. And all of us have different stories. All of us have different biographies. So it's not one-stop shopping. It would be so easy. That's, you know, that's when the rigidity and the dogma comes in. That's when it can become dangerous because that makes it one-size-fits-all. But it's not one-size-fits-all because we all are conditioned beings. That's a, a core teaching of the Buddha, that we're all conditioned beings based on our experiences. And we all have had different experiences and different responses to those experiences. So we're conditioned in certain ways. So we have to begin to uncover our conditioning and see where we get caught up and see what we crave, see what we don't want, what, we, what we're afraid of losing or what we um, need to have, quote unquote, in order to be okay, in order to be at ease, in order to have some comfort. And the Buddha teaches that you can be comfortable in spite of, without preference for one thing over another. 
And we begin to start where we are, but we have to find out where we are first. And it's okay to be where we are. It's absolutely okay. And although I didn't have the book, um, Start Where You Are, there, I found some quotes from it. She says, Pema Chodron says, there's nothing that you can think or feel that gets put in the category of bad. There's nothing you can think or, or there's nothing that you can think or feel that gets put in the category of wrong. It's all good, juicy stuff. The manure of waking up. The manure She's so polite. The manure <laughs> of achieving enlightenment. The art of living in the present moment. We start where we are. There's nothing wrong with this moment. How often do you think that I shouldn't be having this thought? This is wrong. This is bad. I should be better than this by now. How many years have I been doing this? And I'm only here? <sighs> Loser. <laughs> you know, we, go, we do that to ourselves. And it's not wise, and it's not kind, and it's not, it's not where you want to go. It's not where you want to be. I love this one. I love this next quote, because this is kind of how I feel. Affirmations are like screaming that you're okay in order to overcome the whisper that you're not. Maybe, maybe you're not okay. Well, no big deal. None of us is okay and all of us are fine. None of us is okay and all of us are fine. So all of us, none of us are fine, none of us are okay and all of us are fine. It doesn't have to be a certain way. We start wherever we are with whatever we bring in, whatever our baggage is. That's what we look at. And we start heading in the direction. You know, and the Buddha gave us a path, the Eightfold Path, for um, getting to liberation. Clear, right view, seeing things for what they really are, that, that life is impermanent. And things are dissatisfactory. There is dissatisfaction. And things are impersonal. And then we set our intention to live, excuse me, we set our intention to live in a way that's wholesome and skillful. And that we live with integrity. And we, we, we don't kill. And we're wise with our speech. And we don't cause harm with our sexuality. And we don't, um, we don't take what's not freely offered. And we, we make our living in a, in, a, in a wise way. You know, and all of us fall into different places in these um, categories. And some of us are, have problems with some aspects and less trouble with other aspects. So it's so easy to compare and judge. But if you know that, I love that saying, compare and despair. If you compare, there's no way you're going to come out better. That's judgment. But if you're comparing, it's, it's, it's a futile attempt. It's futile. 
Because there's always something that makes me, anyway, feel less than. Oh, they got, they're better, they're better at speaking. You know, I used to, I used to um, watch people share their feelings and talk about what was going on with them, and I'd go, how the hell do they do that? Because it was, my conditioning was, you don't do that. You know, everything's fine. Everything's good. You don't complain. You don't tell how you're really feeling because then they're going to think you're a whiner. Blah, blah, blah. And you can't let it on that things aren't going great. And I would look at people sharing and go, how do you do that? So if you put the two of us together, and, I, and I'm looking at that person and comparing, I'm coming up on the short end of the stick. Well, the truth is we had different experiences, different, different aspects, and, and she's at one point in this particular um, piece of the path, and I'm at a different point. And, we're, and we're, we're going at our own speed, but we're going in the same direction. There's this other list of 10 perfections called the 10 paramis, and these are qualities to, that is said you need to develop in order to achieve liberation, enlightenment. And there are qualities such as patience, wisdom, loving kindness, effort. I can't remember them all, but you get the idea. Generosity. And I love when I teach those um, qualities to remind people that Again, it's not linear. Some people can be incredibly patient, and that's not what you have to work on. And other people have no patience whatsoever. So again, it's not linear. It's start where you are and take yourself in that direction. So you're somewhere between an uninstructed worldling and a noble disciple. You're somewhere along that way. And it's... And it's um, there's no points for being, I'm always judging and rewarding myself. Well, I get brownie points for that. Not for that. I get demerits for that. You know? and, and that is suffering that we're creating for ourselves. So that's part of my story. That I see that constant, oh, I'm constantly doing that. I'm comparing. Oh, and instead of going, oh, you shouldn't be comparing. How come you still compare? Just go, oh. Right now it's like this. There's comparing mind going on, and that's really uncomfortable. So you, when you begin to see the conditioning, when you begin to see your story, you don't have to own it, put it on, and go, uh, and make it personal. You just see how it arises, and you begin to back away from it. So when jealousy is present, for one thing, it's like you see somebody who has what you want, you go, oh, I wish I had that. I'm so jealous. I'm such a jealous person. You shift away from that ownership of that response to what you're seeing and begin to say, oh, instead of I'm so jealous, say, oh, jealousy is arising. Here comes jealousy. Okay, oh, that's not pleasant. That's not fun. So the, we make room for the jealousy to be there. We make room for the jealousy, but we don't own it. We don't put it on. That's the impersonal nature of these responses, this conditioning that we have. <clears throat> and it's so liberating when you begin to see your story and you begin to see how you show up for things and respond and react to things.
Pema Chodron also had a line in the book that's one of my all-time favorite lines. I've probably said it here a few times. I didn't find it today, but I've memorized it. She said, even beings who are enlightened, who are noble disciples, even people who are enlightened get snot in their nose when they have a cold. (laughs) You know, I think sometimes we have this idea that if we are doing it or if we're following the path then that we won't get snot in our nose and we'll walk on water and we'll be like all cool and everything and that's not true we're still going to have these emotions we're still going to have these experiences you know it talked about the buddha he had a bad back he 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 had aches and pains when his best friends died he he grieved them you know we don't have this we don't have this spiritual bypass you know, which is the, you know, hitting it with an affirmation stick, you know, <laughs> screaming at shit, get over it, get over it, which we sometimes want to do. We think if we're spiritual, then we won't feel this stuff. And that's not true. What we do is we open our hearts and we do feel that stuff. Because when we're shut down and we've con- we're conditioned and we've been hurt so many times, of, as all of us have, We've all been hurt. We've all been wounded deeply, differently but deeply, and we protect ourselves in ways that cut us off from others. We want to begin to open up and and tear down those defenses so we can fully be present for whatever is happening. And so we feel more. We are touched by the world. Karuna, the word compassion, means quivering of the heart. So when we see the suffering of others, we're touched by that. We're not overwhelmed or overcome, but we're touched. We have those little charges, the little charge that we feel when we we hear sad things. That's not going to go away. We're human beings, but we're not averse to it. You know, I saw something last week um, um, about somebody was doing something to a dog that I thought was very uh, unkind. And um, I was like, I don't want to feel this. I don't want to feel this. That was my response was, I don't want to feel this. I got angry and then I was like, ah, and then I was like, oh, yeah, but here it is. You know, so first the response is aversion, aversion, aversion. Push it away. How can I make this stop? How can I make this stop? And it's like, no, we just, we, we, if my intention is to be present with whatever is, then there is no make this go away. It's like, okay, this will pass, but here it is right now. How can I turn towards it? How can I lean into it? Thank you, I love that you said that. How can I lean into it to be okay with it? How can I be with it and be present? So we find our stories We lean into whatever's arising, good and bad, pleasant and unpleasant, and we stay with it. And we we move on the path that's that's for us. Um, What is it? We have to find out where we are and move in the right direction. The idea is to eventually to be liberated from... um, you know, any kind of attachment to anything around these emotions and just to be free 
from needing things to be a certain way and saying, you know, it's painful right now and okay. And there is a sense of um, comfort in that. I don't know if comfort's the right word. There's a sense of um, ease with, you know, when we, when we realize it's not personal and we realize that all beings experience this and we realize that um, it will pass, then, and when we realize, I think a lot of the pain comes from fighting and aversion to the experience, that's where so much suffering comes from. So when we've let go of that fighting of our, our experience, there's a, there's a spaciousness, there's an ability to breathe. I've had moments of that, so I can experience that, where it just sucks out loud. It's not pleasant at all, but my letting go of the fighting it is a tremendous um, relief. There's a, there's a spaciousness and an ease that comes from the letting go. There's the pain of the experience and the ease of letting go of not wanting that experience and fighting against it and turning towards it with compassion. You know, especially if it's unpleasant, the wise, the wise uh, response is to be compassionate towards it. That's just as important. We soften towards ourselves. We soften towards our experience. Really important. Thank you for visiting Undefended Dharma. These teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.